0: This
2: is Make it M.I.P. with Massimella Mark Thompson. Make it Get woke. Ladies and gentlemen, what do Republicans have up their sleeve in terms of voter suppression? My guest today is no stranger to any of us. He's a graduate of Harvard and Harvard Law School, a former uh, uh, law firm associate. Uh, He is a lifelong New York Mets fan as a Yankee. I won't hold that against him. Uh, He is currently the Nation magazines, the Nation.com's justice correspondent. We love him when he's on MSNBC because he's rocking the bush and he gets really loud and animated and we love it. He is Ellie Mistall, my brother. How are you, man?
3: Thank you so much for having me, Mark. You know, the thing about being a Mets fan is that it really prepares you for being a Democrat. It's it's <laughs> basically the same thing.
2: <laughs> I know that's right. I know that's <laughs> right. Um, so you have written a piece that many of us agree is is where we ought to be centering. Because, you know, we don't really need to exhale too much, do we, Ellie? I mean, I know we riding. Road to victory in November, road to victory in in January down in Georgia. Um, and despite there being Republicans who wouldn't go along with Trump, there were many who did, but some who didn't. I hope that hasn't made us too comfortable because even some of those same duplicitous two faced jokers who were with us in November are doing maniacal stuff. Going forward. Even in the twenty twenty two, even in Georgia, aren't they?
3: Absolutely. Look, I don't see how anybody can get complacent when we all just saw a mob of white supremacists attack the Capitol. What you you think those people are going anywhere? Well, you, <laughs> right? Went, they, they, oh, we, we 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 failed in our attack, we're just gonna go home and eat hot pockets? Right. No, like these people are still out here and they're still And they're still dangerous, but the thing that 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 I'm trying to get people to focus on is that these the actual white domestic terrorists—they're just the tip of the spear. The shaft, the power um, towards voter suppression is actually with state legislatures and red state governors who are every bit as willing to overturn the results of a free uh, to to make it impossible to have a free and fair election they do it with laws as opposed to with you know flagpoles but it's the same effect they're trying to make it so that it's harder for black people to vote for to have those or or for black people to have their votes counted and across the country in red state after red state we have seen an explosion of voter suppression laws proposed not all of them have passed um, proposed in red states and battleground states.
2: Now, to be clear too, L.A., as much as we claim victory, we didn't do so well at the state house level, did we, in November? And we really needed... I mean, you know, we don't... I guess people don't talk about it as much because we don't want to depress one another, but we really needed to do as well, if not better, there because of the census and redistricting, right? Absolutely.
3: This was a huge loss... Um, at the local level because what happens every 10 years in this country is that we take a census, right? And then the year after the census, in the 01 year, we redistrict the state lines and the House congressional lines based on the numbers of that census. Whoever controls the state legislature controls how those lines are made and in battleground state and red states we pretty significantly lost ground what what ended up happening and you 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 mentioned at the at the top and you know since we're among friends i feel i feel like it's you know there's shows i go on where i can't say this but since we're among friends as you mentioned at the top there were republican allies i'm using air quotes for those who can't see uh, um who were very willing to help us defeat Trump, but weren't all that interested in helping us defeat red state governors and republican uh, state senators and people like that and so what you saw is a lot of ticket splitting, a lot of people who voted for you know Biden at the top of the ticket, but then still voted for their you know, Republican senator and still voted for their Republican governor and still voted for the Republican congressperson. Um, And so that means that at the local level, Republicans still retain a lot of power, which they will use to make it harder for black
2: and brown people to vote. You are the only person right now that, that, well, I mean, I know you, but you're the only person who is as loudly raising um, this issue, listen to this statistic, folks, and, and this is actually, uh, quite jarring. Um, Ellie and his piece at the nation.com, we invite you to read it. Uh, the Brennan Center for Justice reports, he writes that state legislatures have already prepared three times as many voter restriction bills this year as were proposed during the same period of time last year. 28 states. Have introduced, pre-filed, or carried over one carried over one hundred six restrictive bills this year, as compared to thirty-five bills in fifteen states on February third, twenty twenty. So while they were hiding behind, you know, yeah, this we we can't overrule this for Trump, they were actively getting stuff set up for twenty twenty two.
3: And think about it this
2: way. Last year, you know, I've said th- this, this
3: is a year over year statistic. So last year, the beginning of 2020 was on an election year. <laughs> if you if you thought if you were thinking about suppressing the vote, you were thinking about doing it in January and February of 2020. And they did. It was a, as the Brennan Center said, they, they tried to pass 33 different laws to suppress the vote to go from 33 in an election year to 106 in an off year really shows you where, where, this, where the energy of that party is, doesn't it, right? Like, the, the numbers don't lie. Like, you, you are what your bills say you are. And the Republican Party has decided straight up that it's strategy to deal with its national defeat. That it's only – it's not – like this. It's not like they're having a convention to be like, hmm, we got our butts whooped. How do we convince – Seven million people. No, no, no. They don't don't care about convincing nobody. They don't care about appealing or broadening their base in any way. Their entire political strategy right now is voter suppression or bust.
2: Ellie, what are some of the measures that stand out most to you and that are most glaring?
3: Well, the, the biggest issue to me right now is how they're completely trying to take away the ability to vote by mail. Um, they're, they're, they're making it harder for people to um, request an absentee ballot. They're making it harder for those ballots to be accepted, um, you know, signature match and a bunch of other things that, you know, there there's some t- states that want to have um, you to actually have to go to a notary public in order to, to sign your absentee ballot, which is something that we usually have to do for, like, wills. Um, now they're trying to make it so that people have to go to a notary to vote. And they're trying to make it impossible to cure your ballot. So, you know, one of the benefits of mailing in your vote is that if there's a mistake and they catch it early enough, they can say, hey, your, you know, your address was wrong or whatever. You can come and fix it. Well, they're trying to completely take away the ability to, quote, cure ballots. And then, of course, they're trying to make it harder for uh, officials to count those ballots on the back end. So the whole the whole strategy of mailing ballots um, is new. And it, I, 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 I highlight it because it shows the weakness of legislation. So the Democrats, as many of your listeners know, are pushing the John Lewis Voting Rights Act. It's a bill to restore what was taken away from the Voting Rights Act in 2013 by the Supreme Court. It's a great bill. It has nothing to do with mail-in ballots because six months ago, eight months ago, mail-in ballots were a thing. So this bill that the Democrats are pushing, as it's currently written, does not have protections for the very kind of voter suppression that Republicans are trying to do. Now, that bill, the John Lewis Voting Rights Act, is already obsolete and it hasn't even been passed.
2: So it just needs to be updated, bottom line.
3: Right. They just need to kind of not exactly go back to the drawing board, but they need to significantly rewrite that bill um, to even to even begin to try to address. Um, some of these new Republican strategies. But that's the general thing about voting rights that uh, I think it's hard for people to wrap their head around. I'm a creative guy, right? I, I read comic books. I used to play Dungeons and Dragons. I got an imagination. I cannot conceive of the next thing Republicans will do to suppress the vote. Republicans are more creative than I am when it comes to thinking through ways to make it harder for black people to vote. It's like they, they, they spend all of their creative energy coming up with new strategies to make it harder for us to vote.
2: I don't think it's just a um, um, measure of a lack of creativity to compete with them on your part, Ellie. I think it's also a lack of evil on your part. You know, <laughs> I mean, we're talking specifically about voter suppression, but there's, there's some evil in there too. You know, maybe, I think that's where we get it wrong. If we figured out how to be a little more evil Maybe we can do something. Now, if the, if, the, if the Democrats, I mean, so the Democrats, to allude to your earlier point, need to start acting like the Mets and be proactive and, and update that piece of legislation. But it's a trip to me too, Ellie, because listen, man, two of the measures that they use, and you're right, uh, uh, the, the mail-in ballot wasn't a thing before because we didn't do it. You know, we mastered the mail-in ballot. It used to be old white folk. Right. And then then their own party leader who they let hijack their own party, who they still won't vanquish Trump, told everybody, don't vote, don't do the mail in ballot. (laughs) And and it messed up. And so it reversed the whole thing. But isn't it interesting that what they used to use exclusively for themselves to suppress us mail in ballot and the runoff in Georgia, we vote. So I wonder, is Georgia going to try to get rid of the runoff now, now that they see it's not going to work for them anymore?
3: Right? that's the, but that's the thing, right? Mark like the, when, and this this is not just about voter suppression. This is about like American history, man. Anytime black people figure out how to use something, white people change the rules. I mean that, that's just that's just always what they do. as soon as we figure out how to master their own game, they change the game. Um, and so we're always like we're we're always back footed by them because they're constantly willing to completely change what the rules are depending on you know so in this situation, we were able to overcome the voter suppression in Georgia and the runoff in Georgia, and you're so right to point out that the runoff is specifically designed to make it harder for Democrats to win. Um, we were able to overcome that with amazing energy, right? Stacey Abrams, Latasha Brown, just energy, energy, energy went into Georgia, and that's how we flipped Georgia. Can we be sure that that energy will be there in 2022 when we don't have you know, a complete uh, narcissist, racist con man at the top of the ticket? Can we be sure that it'll be there in 2024? Like, it, it, it should not take Herculean effort to, to for to vote, to to do one of those most basic civic things in a democracy to vote. They've been voting since Athens. All right, this ain't new. It shouldn't be
2: this hard. Oh, and, and I think that again, it has a lot to do with us. We've got to make it more second nature. You know, because uh, what happened in the special election obviously was unprecedented. People don't vote in special. I mean, hell, white folks don't vote in special elections. Um, so we've got to make it more second nature. Uh, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. And this is not just a legislative concern, folks. Let's not get amnesia. These fools appointed a whole bunch of people to the courts. Did they not? So when we when if some of these situations get in court and maybe even get to the Supreme Court, we have no guarantees there either. Do we?
3: Well, that that's the thing that that to me is the is the overlay of all of this. Because legislation generally cannot creatively think through what Republicans will do next, it is we are desperately reliant on judges who will uphold the spirit of the 15th Amendment, which bans um, racial discrimination voting. But Republicans appoint judges who are against voting rights, and it is the thing. P- people who don't follow this don't al- are always surprised when I tell them this. The thing that binds Republican judges together, whether it's a Bush judge, a Bush 41 judge, a Trump judge, a Reagan judge, whatever, the thing that binds them together, it's not abortion, folks. It's not women's rights. It is is hostility to voting rights. That is the thing that they are looking for when they figure out which judge to nominate, who is going to be hostile to voting rights. So if you look at literally their Chief Justice, John Roberts, who a lot of conservatives will act like he's a rhino or something, right? He ain't no rhino. John Roberts got his start in the in the Bush administration, working against voting rights, working against the the Voting Rights Act. He was famous within Republican legal circles for for thinking that the Voting Rights Act, the 1965 Voting Rights Act, which is my pick for most important piece of legislation ever passed in this country. John Roberts was famous in Republican legal circles for his open hostility, believing that the Voting Rights Act of 1965 was unconstitutional. He's now the Supreme Court Chief Justice. And he's, the, and he's the swing one, right? He's the one that liberals think they can get. And his entire career is based on hostility to voting rights. That That's what we're up against. Republican judges up and down all the way out through the system are hostile to the idea that black people should have the right to vote as equally as white people.
2: Are we covered? Does the the new justice department have the wherewithal to help us fight this? I mean, we know our friends of Anita Gupta and Kristen Clark. What about Merrick Garland? I mean, do you think that, that he will do all he can to help us protect our voting rights?
3: Uh, maybe, <laughs> maybe, oh. uh, um, I, I,
2: how do I put it? The The problem is not- No punches, brother, come on, tell, tell. <laughs> that's not you. That's not like you, come on. <laughs> the, the,
3: the problem is not will, right? I do think that Mayor Garland's heart is in the right place. And as you point out, Benina Gupta cares about this stuff. Kristen Clark cares about this stuff. Um, their hearts are in the right place. But on this particular issue, there's there's not a lot the Justice Department can do, actually. It's just it's just not it's not in their power. Um, they, they, they can uh, they can start lawsuits and litigation um, for people who and governments who they think violated laws or constitutional standards. But they can't write the laws, right? And so, if 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 Georgia just changes its law, then there's nothing, you know, there's a changes law, let, no more mail-in ballots. Let's I mean, let's say that was the law. There's nothing the Justice Department can do to stop Georgia from changing how it counts or whether it certifies mail-in ballots. There's just it's just not a Justice Department concern, right? The power here is just not with Merrick Garland and Vinita Gupta and Kristen Clark. It is with Frankly, Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer and Joe Biden, and to a large extent, John Roberts and Brett Kavanaugh and Neil Gorsuch, which is why, which is which is why we are in trouble.
2: Because whatever passes on Capitol Hill, John Roberts still may take and review, uh, somehow and undermine, as you said, because of his his history.
3: When when they when John Roberts over uh, gutted the voting rights after 1965 in 2013, in a case called Shelby County v. Holder. Um, When he did that, that was a 5-4 vote. It was Roberts, Thomas, Roberts, Thomas, Alito, Anthony Kennedy. um, I'm forgetting one. Scalia, he was still alive. Voting against it, right? So now if you're going to pass a new Voting Rights Act and it goes to the Supreme Court, let's even say you change Roberts' mind. That just gets you to 4 you still need to pick up one of the arch conservatives, Neil Gorsuch or Brett Kavanaugh or Amy Coney Barrett or Sam Alito or Clarence Thomas. And we know Clarence Thomas particularly hates voting rights for reasons that we don't need to go into. Um, so I don't even know who the fifth justice is that you're trying to pick up.
2: At this so, so then does President Biden, Ellie, Biden, say to, to John Roberts on the QT, you either support this move and stay out of it well, I'm going to expand the court. I don't, I don't. think it
3: should be on the QG. I think it should be... <laughs> I think it should be written in the damn law, right? Like, this we're, this 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 act is not reviewable by the Supreme Court. And if y'all do, what's coming next is an expanded Supreme Court. I mean, that's just...
2: You can how it, do it. put that in a law that is not reviewable by
3: the Supreme Court? I, you, there, it's an argument. It's a really It's a really difficult argument. But arguably... Congress can protect a law from judicial review. It hasn't been tested very often, but technically, put like this, it certainly, they could certainly try. They could certainly try. And then weirdly, it would be up to the Supreme Court to decide whether or not Congress had the power to restrict the Supreme Court from reviewing the law. So it gets a little bit legally convoluted. But yeah, there's a chance is what I'm saying. There's a chance that that could work. It's called, um, the legal term of art is called jurisdiction stripping. Refu- telling the Supreme Court that there that Congress is passing this law under its authority, under the 15th Amendment, and that the Supreme Court, therefore, cannot review the law. It can only review Congress's authority to pass it.
2: Ellie, Mr. Y'all, arguing for a nunya clause in the new John Lewis <laughs> voter <laughs> rights, stay out of it. Um, That'd be uh, interesting, yeah. yeah and
3: that, but that's the other thing, Mark. You got to try like the, the, and that's where I feel like there's there's not enough energy on the Democratic side. You have to try everything. You have to try everything. Throw everything against the wall to protect the right to vote. Because if you protect the right to vote, make no mistake. If you protect the right to vote, you win. The, the Republicans have no strategy, no strategy at all. For everybody voting and everybody's votes being counted, they just—if—if if that was the rule, Republicans lose.
2: Yeah, it, it, because that destroys their party. They want to keep it small, keep it tight, keep it white. That's what they're trying to do. Um, what would you say to people, Ellie, who want to do something about this and want to get mobilized? What would you have them do? Stay on top of their local legislatures, get involved at that local level.
3: Yeah, and and call your senator. The Senate, the Senate. The 50 50 Senate has just all the power of, in this, right? If you, if you black and live in West Virginia and, and, and Joe Manchin ain't on your speed dial, you're doing it wrong. Like, you just, like, you got to call, like, my father was a local politician, uh, um, you know, state legislature. And when I tell you that man, that man would not listen to me, his son, but he would listen to his answering machine, right? <laughs> um, like, politicians care when you call them. They care when their constituents blow up their phone lines. That is their, that is their livelihood. That's, that's their, that that's their job. And so they pay attention to that. So people who say, like you, I, I, I live in a red state. I live in New York. I have two democratic senators. I, I'm on almost a first name basis with Chris, with a uh, Kristen Gillibrand's uh, uh, receptionist, right? Like I just, I just call and say what's up. Like it just you call, you call, you call, and, and and they do pay attention to
2: that. And speaking of Democrats, I mean we can't keep um, having reverence for John Lewis and then fall down on something like this. That that to me is is hypocritical. I mean we can't have Democrats just hiding behind his picture and not, you know, leaving and, and, and not turning over every stone. To be you that this bill has more teeth. I'm usually not one to go in
3: for the optics of, of things like this, okay. but I actually thought that renaming the bill for him was was really important um, because I, I would like to think that it will remind people what we're fighting for and more importantly, what it takes to fight for it. Right. John, John Lewis did not fight for voting rights by, you know, with a Twitter account. Right. I mean, obviously, Twitter's new, but you get my point. Right. John Lewis put his brains on the line to fight for voting rights. You know, the Freedom Riders put their lives on the line to fight for voting rights. And so naming the voting rights bill after him should remind people what it actually takes to defend voting rights in this country from the forces of white supremacy.
2: And folks, we're just days away from the 56th anniversary of Bloody Sunday uh, and all during that weekend, March 5th through 7th. Be sure to register at SelmaJubilee.com for our annual event. Uh, and it's important. We're still fighting some of the same fights, a little more sophisticated than they than they were. And Ellie is a part of this movement because he's informing us. Uh, and one of the things Dr. King said in a letter from the Birmingham jail, step number one in the movement is collection of the evidence. Ellie has collected the evidence and we're thankful for him for that. And we're going to remain ever vigilant and make sure the Democrats are not like the Mets. Right. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Democrats right. got to give them a Steve Cohen, get them a hedge fund. <laughs> That's right. That's
2: right. That's right. That's right. Uh, L.A. Mistal, our brother. Check out his piece at thenation.com. Be informed now, the GOP's 2022 strategy, voter suppression or bust. Thank you, buddy. Thank you so much for having me. Wonderful to have you. Thanks for getting woke and listening to Make It Plain. Please remember to listen, like, subscribe, and wherever you get your podcasts, please give the show a five-star rating and please do spread the word. Let's all continue to pray for each other during this pandemic and this police-demic. If all hearts and minds are clear, it has been made plain.